This is the Apex United Methodist Church podcast. So I invite you to pray with me. Oh God, as we come into this sacred holy space with um, your family gathered around us, we come indeed to hear your word speaking to us. Open our ears, open our hearts to receive what you have to say to us. And may we recognize you everywhere we go. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. So the English poet Elizabeth Barrett Browning wrote these famous lines that I'm sure you've heard before. Earth's crammed with heaven and every common bush afire with God. But only he who sees takes off his shoes. The rest sit round it and pluck blackberries. So I wonder, when it comes to your experience of life, are you generally the barefoot one in Browning's poem, standing before the bush of fire with God, or are you more likely to be the one who is sitting around eating blackberries? When I was in college, I... Um, went on a backpacking trip with my brother and my mother, and we uh, spent a week hiking a portion of the Appalachian Trail. And to prepare for this trip, I trained for weeks to be in good shape. I packed and repacked my backpack to make sure I had just what I needed and nothing more, and I was ready for adventure, or so I thought. Because we, as we started hiking, it was beautiful, it was fun, it was adventurous, and then about an hour into our hiking trip, it started to sprinkle, and the sprinkle turned to drizzle, and pretty soon it was pouring, and we were in this valley, and if you've ever been in a valley during a thunderstorm, you know that the thunder echoes so loudly, like the rocks quake, and lightning struck, it felt so close to us, and we ran for cover, found this little cave to hide in until the storm passed. And I would have appreciated this frightening experience a whole lot more if the storm had indeed passed. But instead, it just didn't stop raining. It would go from downpour to just kind of like a sprinkly mist to downpour and back and back again for six whole days. And we're on the Appalachian Trail, so there's nowhere to go except to just go. So we kept on hiking. Well, I started this hike eager to meet God in nature. Out um, in, in nature, in the woods, out hiking is where I often have spiritual moments where I sense the presence of God. And so I was expecting this week to be a spiritual long, a week-long spiritual retreat with my family. But by day five of hiking, rainy day after rainy day, I was pretty sure God had abandoned us. Like, I was pretty sure God was nowhere to be found on that stormy trail. Because, remember, I had packed and repacked my bag to have only what I needed, and I did not look ahead to bringing enough socks. So I only packed, like, two pairs of socks because I'd think I'd wash one and they'd dry, and then I'd put the other one on, but they never dried. And so I was hiking in wet clothes and wet socks for six whole days. And I was tired and I was wet and I was miserable. We could barely get a fire started every night because it was so rainy. And it was just not 
what I was envisioning. So by a couple days in, when I realized that this, would going, this was going to be a really rainy week, what I did was I put up barriers around reality so I could distance myself from the miserable situation I found myself in. And what I told myself was just put one step in front of the other, tune out everything else, forget about conversation, forget about prayer, just keep going so that you can put this whole mess behind you. Well, today we're starting a sermon series called Why Christian? And in this sermon series, we're going to talk about why our faith is so transformational. We're going to talk a lot about Jesus, about who Jesus is, what Jesus has done on our behalf, how Jesus transforms us and changes our relationships, our lives, even our very hearts. And so today, we're going to talk about kind of the foundation of our faith, which is a relationship with God. Now, to have a relationship, there's generally some kind of communication. There's time spent together. You hope that there's shared affection and shared commitment. And so the question we're asking today is, how is it possible for us finite human beings to be in a relationship with God who is all-powerful, almighty, and all-good? So to begin answering this questions, I'm going to turn to Paul's letter to the Colossians. Um, this is chapter 1, beginning at verse 15. And my Bible titles this section, The Supremacy of Christ. Paul writes to us, He, meaning Christ, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for in him all things, in heaven and on earth, were created. Things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers, all things have been created through him and for him. He himself is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might have so that he might come to have first place in everything. For in him, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And through him, God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood of his cross. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. So as we ponder and reflect on how it is possible for us to be in a relationship with the Almighty God, we learn through Scripture who God is. And in this letter to the Colossians, Paul helps us understand a lot of who Jesus is. Here's what we learn. Jesus, the Son of God, the Christ, Jesus is the image of the invisible God. In Jesus, the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. So if we want to know the character of God, then we need to look at Jesus. And we learn also in this passage that Jesus, who is the Christ, existed before all things. 
That as the Son of God, Jesus the Christ, was there before all things were made. That Christ um, was there, and through him all things were created, and all things are held together through him. And in Christ, God was pleased to reconcile all things to himself. In Christ, God is making peace with the whole world through Jesus' work on the cross. So in summary, what we learn in this little section of Colossians is that God, who is the creator of all things, the all-powerful ruler of the universe, was pleased to become a human, to experience the joys and the pains of life, and he suffered a miserable death all so that he could make peace with us. That's who God is. And that's the work that God is doing every moment of every day. God is reconciling all things to himself. God is working to make peace with us. Now, there are lots of different metaphors that Christians have used throughout the centuries to help us understand exactly what Christ did on the cross, to understand this good news, this mystery of salvation that God has given to us. And one of those metaphors is what I learned when I was first coming into the faith, and it helped me embrace and receive the gift of Christ's salvation. And it, um, it, I, 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 you're going to see my wonderful artistic abilities. This is the extent to which they go. My five-year-old can draw better than me. So in this picture, we see kind of the, the situation that we humans are born into. Um, we are born into a world that is broken, a world that is separated from God, because of the brokenness, because of the sin that runs rampant throughout our world, and that this sin has created a chasm, a great chasm, where one side of the chasm is where humanity stands, and the chasm is so big that no human can cross it. Where on the other side of the chasm is God, represented by the triangle, which is a symbol for the Trinity, and nothing we can do, we humans can do, will close that gap between us and God. We are just too broken, and God is just too good, and so we live hopelessly separated from God. But God, who loves us so much and is pained by this chasm separating us from God, God sent his son, Jesus, the Christ, to become a human, to take on our brokenness and take it with him to the cross. And that cross builds a bridge between us and God. It spans that chasm so that through Christ, through his work on the cross, we are reconciled to God and we can be in relationship with him. Now this is a popular metaphor and it's really helpful in so many ways because it helps us understand 
what sin can do to us. It helps us understand how Jesus' sacrificial death on our behalf saves us. It's how I learned about the gift of salvation. But as any metaphor, um, there are limitations to it of, of ways that we might understand the mystery of salvation differently through other metaphors. So I'd like to offer another metaphor to help us understand the work that God is doing to draw us into relationship with him. Because while this metaphor is wonderful, one of the challenges with this metaphor is that it, it makes us think of the world as this, this place where we live amidst the brokenness and God is somewhere else entirely. That God is just so distant from our reality that we can't access him. So there's another metaphor that can help us think differently about this gift of salvation that we have, this gift of relationship that God has given to us. And so it, it starts with a circle. You'll see the next slide of my wonderful circle. Um, and, and it goes like this. In the beginning, God made the world. Genesis 1. God made all things on this earth, and he called them what? good. God called them good. Indeed, he called them very good. And as Colossians tells us, Christ was a part of that work. All things have been created through Christ and for him. So the circle represents creation and the triangle represents God who is ever present in the goodness of creation. In the story of Genesis, God walked in the garden with creation with humanity. So God created humanity in God's very image. We were created for God to love by God's love so that we could live in loving harmony with our creator. We were created with the intention of being in relationship with the God who was with us in the creation he made. So in God's perfect creation, nothing separated us from being in a relationship with God. It was what we were made to do. But we know that things didn't stay that way. The story of Genesis is that we betrayed God's trust. We turned away from God to choose our own desires. We wanted more what we wanted instead of what God wanted. And that's when sin entered the world. It's when we choose what momentarily makes us feel good over who God made us to be. And when we do that, you can see that circle around the person in the picture. It creates a barrier between us and God. Simone Weil is a 20th century Christian mystic, and she wrote this about sin. Sin is not a distance. It is a turning of our gaze in the wrong direction. So in this metaphor, sin is not when we're separated by a chasm so big that God cannot be anywhere near us. Instead, sin is when we turn our eyes and our hearts away from God. When we sin, we are gazing in the wrong direction, either out to the broken world or inward to our selfish desires. 
Instead of gazing at God, and when we do that, we build barriers between us and God. We separate ourselves from God. We were created to live in a loving relationship with God, and when we turn away, we put up walls that separate us from that relationship. But the miracle of God is that no matter how many barriers we put up, no matter how much we turn away, God is always right here. God never leaves us. God is always waiting for us to turn our gaze back to him, which is why God sent Jesus. God became a human so he could be as close to us as possible, so that he could break through those barriers that we have erected to separate ourselves from God. As Colossians says, through Jesus, the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and so God entered into our world so that he could speak to us in a fresh way so that he could get as close to us as possible, so that he could take on our brokenness, our waywardness, and transform it through the cross. So you see the cross in this picture. As a human, Christ suffered a horrible death in order to break down those barriers that keep us from knowing God. And through the cross, what Christ did for us, it thins the barriers that we have erected. It erodes those walls of separation that we have put up. God's love breaks down everything that we have put up to separate us from God. And so through the cross, Jesus thins those barriers so that we can seek God here and now. So that we can be in a relationship with God even in the midst of our broken world. Christ shows us just how deep God's love is and compels us to look for God everywhere we are, even here, even on a miserable hike on the Appalachian Trail. So when I started that hike, I was expecting to see God everywhere. But as the rain came and as the rain kept coming, I began to build up those walls that separated me from God at work around me. I built those walls around my soul to kind of protect myself from the misery of my situation. But the problem was those barriers shut out my family. They prevented me from cherishing that time. And they prevented me from recognizing that I was in the presence of God, even in the miserable, cold, never-ending rain. Even then, God was there. But because I had erected those barriers, I didn't see him. I wonder, how often do we live like I did on that hike? How often are we trudging through a season that is difficult, How often are we dealing with the burdens of life and we are so ready to finish whatever this season is and put the whole mess behind us that we just put up barriers to survive and we block out not only those around us who love us, but most importantly, God. 
How often do we just put one foot in front of the other and live oblivious to God who is in our midst? And then because we have these barriers up and we don't sense God near us, we fear that God has abandoned us or left us, that God is nowhere to be found. But what scripture tells us is that God is with us. Even in our mess, even in our drudgery, even with our burdens, God is in all things. And the reason God is in all things is because God is always trying to draw you into relationship with him. So no matter what storm you are hiking through, no matter how heavy it is raining, no matter how many barriers you have built to protect yourself from the struggles of life, remember this good news. God is near you. And through Christ, God is helping you break down those barriers so that you can be in a relationship with God through Christ, through the work of the cross. God is transforming your soul so that you can see God everywhere, so that you can receive the gift of relationship with God who created you and who loves you completely. So it was day six of my hike. It had been drizzling for much of the day. When we reached the peak of the mountain, we were climbing at the moment, and the drizzle kind of tapered off. And there was a rocky outcrop that we sat on and got out our trail mix snack. And as the, as the rain kind of stopped, the mist rolled in. And I was sitting on the rock looking out at miles and miles of the beautiful Blue Ridge Mountains. And I had one of those moments when God thinned the barriers of my soul. The words of Psalms just started to come to me, and I realized, I realized that I was sitting in the presence of God. And it started to break down the barriers that I had erected, and I was able to see in that moment how present God was, even in the hardness, that God was there. Earth is crammed with heaven, Elizabeth Barrett Browning wrote, and every common bush is afire with God, but only he who sees takes off his shoes. The rest sit round and pluck blackberries. All that time I had been plucking blackberries and mumbling to myself, about how miserable I was when I could have been dancing barefoot in the rain, celebrating the cleansing work of God. All that time, I had missed countless chances to encounter the God who is ever-present. So how is it possible for us finite, limited, broken humans to be in a relationship with the good and almighty God? Well, it's quite simple. We're in a relationship with God because Christ makes it so. We are in a relationship with God because through Christ, God is everywhere. Through Christ, God is at all times and at all places going about the work of making peace with us. That Christ gave his life on the cross, taking our brokenness upon himself so that we could be at peace with us. 
with God. Which means God is always inviting us to see him, to know him, to love him, to trust him. And the thing to remember is that just as God is drawing you into relationship, God is drawing all people everywhere into relationship. Colossians tells us that God wants to reconcile all things and all people to himself. God wants to reconcile the whole world. So I leave you with a question to ponder this week as you consider your own relationship with God. So if earth is crammed with heaven, if every bush is a fire with God, my question is, are you living like that is true? Or maybe instead, you are living inside the barriers of your own making, living oblivious to the God who is right there wanting to make peace with you. Or maybe, maybe you see God everywhere and you are taking off your shoes in awe and reverence of the God whose presence is breaking through everywhere. Richard Rohr says, the proof that you are a Christian is that you can see Christ everywhere else. The proof that you are a Christian is that you can see Christ everywhere else. May we open our hearts and our eyes and our minds to the reconciling presence with God everywhere we go, at all times, in all places. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.